Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran, Liz Stacy in the studio with me this morning. We've got a lot of things to talk about here on ESPN Honolulu this morning. Of course, we've got some things coming up, uh, which is going to be fun, and I want to get to one of them right now, and that is coaches that are in trouble. And believe it or not, there's a number of people around the league who think that Bill Belichick is one of them that they've been just god-awful lately. The model is no longer what it was. They're not really, I mean, you're not seeing a lot of people doing the GM slash head coach thing, which for all intents and purposes, that's what Belichick's doing, and it's not working. That team is not exciting. It's not winning. Um, I don't know how long Robert Kraft will put up with it. My guess is he's a classy guy, he knows that, yes, Belichick's won six Super Bowls. He's been to nine. I mean, he's the GOAT in that respect. But it's just not the same league and the same team anymore. I think Mac Jones was a mistake. That's my thought. I think he's a very average NFL quarterback. I'm not sure how long that's going to continue. I, I, think it, this, I think if this doesn't turn around and they're at least competitive – but, I mean, a couple of blowouts in a row. Oh, my. I mean, you lose to the Cowboys 38-3. to That's trouble. I mean, that's not. I listened this morning on um, um, Green, Mike Greenberg. He just had uh, some quotes from people in Boston. They had a reporter up there. Uh, people want, are tired of it. They just don't think this is acceptable, and they're partly blaming Belichick. I think you could probably put a little of the blame on Kraft because he's the one that sided with Belichick and let uh, Tom Brady go. I mean, is he not responsible for that in some ways? But the owner never pays a price. The coach does. And I don't know if he would do that. Would he give him another year? Or would Belichick decide, you know what, the time has come? That would be ideal for Kraft. He would love it if uh, Mr. Belichick just retired, walked away. Doesn't seem to be in his DNA, though. It's going to be fun to watch. We've got a whole list of guys. I have a whole list of guys that I think could be in trouble this year. And one of them we'll talk about with Cindy Bourne from the Washington Post uh, just in about, oh, 15 minutes or so from now. But uh, I'll give you my others. Mike McCarthy, what have they ever won? I mean, they tried to put uh, blow a lot of shade last year on their offensive coordinator. And I, I just wasn't buying that. I think the head coach has got to take some responsibility for that. Another guy who hasn't done much, Kevin Stefanski. Now, granted, when he's had a start without a real quarterback and, you know, because he wasn't going to get Watson until, you know, he had paid his price. Uh, but he hasn't done anything since Watson got there. I get, I get it. He's not been ter terribly healthy. But still, who do you, they're not going to go, they don't go forever on these kinds of things. And so that's going to be, that's all going to be interesting to see. A lot of people have Robert Sala on that list, the Jets coach. I'm not sure he's as deserving of that as some of these other guys. 
I mean, I just think that he's been saddled with poor quarterback play, although Zach Wilson's showing some signs of life, but not having Aaron Rodgers for any but four plays. How tough is that? That's a very hard thing to overcome. That I don't think it's going to be anything special. So it's uh, it's interesting to to see. I, I just see it's it's two playoff teams from that division, and it's going to be the Dolphins and the Bills. It just seems it seems to be relatively simple at this point. Now, when people say, "Well, how are the other guys? How are the coaches doing in say, oh, the NFC East?" Well, one of them is going to be our discussion, Ron Rivera. But I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, well, who's safe there? Um, is Nick Sirianni is clearly the safe guy. Is Brian Dable? Is a, I think what's going to happen with Dable after a while, and it won't be this year, but if he doesn't get some more success fairly quickly in that market after having been a participant in paying Danny Dimes 40 mil a year, I, I just think you got you got to turn that into some wins. They're going to have to make the playoffs in one of the next two years if Dayball is going to avoid some level of hot seat. I just think that's how it is. And, you know, and I think Mike McCarthy is just, he's a dead man walking. I, I just don't think Jerry, Jerry Jones just turned 80, 80 years old. And he's, in, he's not a patient guy. Oh, well, he has been patient, actually. But part of that's because he's been the de facto GM and he's done a crappy job. So he doesn't he never notice these guys don't fire themselves. But I kind of think that Mike McCarthy, if they don't get it turned around, I, I think they made a big mistake when they made the big commitment to Dak Prescott. I just uh, I said the other day, I, I think Brock Purdy's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I mean, he's, much, he's cooler, he's calmer. He doesn't get rattled under pressure. Dak is all of the above. He's an easily distracted man. I don't know how long you keep a guy like that. Eight minutes past 6 o'clock if you have something. Uh, go ahead. 808-296-1420 is the number. I, I will take any reasonable, uh, anything reasonable here. I, I know that fans are always after their coaches. I mean, if you can get after Bill Belichick, who's won six of nine Super Bowls, I, then you can get after anybody. But I'll tell you a couple of guys who I think have done good jobs. I mean, very clearly, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he gets high marks for what he's done in San Francisco. I mean, when they've, they've overcome injuries, the trade for uh, McCaffrey was brilliant. That was really a beautiful thing. Helped them immeasurably. They made the decision to pay Debo Samuels. Good decision, I think. And they've got George Kelsey, so they're rich in terms of weapons. And I think their lines, both lines are good enough that I expect them to play for the Super Bowl this year. I think that's just how it's going to go, whether you like it or not. But it's hard not to like Shanahan and say he's done a good job. And now we've got a couple of other guys. And actually, in that division, I'll tell you who else I think is a good coach. And that's uh, Mr. That's Mr. Seattle. And I, can you call him anything else at this point, Pete Carroll? I mean, he is Mr. Seattle Seahawk. And they have done miracles. I mean, look what he did with Geno Smith last year. Who saw that coming? I sure didn't. And I don't think a lot of people did. I think they had just decided he was a stopgap measure, and now he looks like something quite a bit more than that. I don't know what will happen in Phoenix. I kind of think, you know, they shocked me when they knocked off the Dallas Cowboys. But I'm starting to think that's as much the Cowboys 
as it is anything else. They're just not consistent. What else can you say? Okay, another coach I think's done a really good job moving to the AFC. I don't know how you'd fault what Mike McDaniel's done. I mean, he's looked, like, terrific. He's innovative. He comes up with – I mean, he'll beat you by scheme. He'll beat you with personnel. He'll beat you with motion. I mean, that they have the, the most motion uh, open team in the entire NFL. Not close. They're in motion constantly. And we've seen – Guys get touchdowns. Who was I'm trying to think who was the guy last year that was in motion. You know, it confuses people after a while. One of the Giants didn't go with him uh, with the receiver, and boom, you got an easy touchdown. And I think Tua's proven that he's the right guy at quarterback for that offense. He's done a terrific job. It's almost 11 minutes past 6 o'clock. If you have something on the coaches, either great job. I'll tell you another guy who's done a great job is Campbell. Dan Campbell in Detroit. He's one of those coaches, I don't know if it's so much X's and O's as it is, he has infused confidence in these guys. They believe now they're going to win. I mean, look at Montgomery for them. He never did much with Chicago, nothing like this with Chicago. He's looking like he's all world now. So I think there's a number of coaches we can discuss that whether or not they're, they're going to be around for a long time, who's doing the job, and who's not. That's really what it comes down to. Okay, we got 11 minutes past 6 o'clock. I want to remind you that the next Craig Angela show is today at 6 p.m. at Velocity of Honolulu on Kapiolani Boulevard. Join Kanoa Leahy with UH Athletic Director uh, Craig Angelus for the latter portion, uh, or for the latest from behind the scenes in UH Sports. There's food and drink available for purchase and parking at the MW Restaurant, brought to you by the JN Group. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Bobby Curran Show. Uh, we uh, hope to find very shortly Cindy Bourne from the Washington Post. I think we had a little confusion on the phone number, and hopefully we'll be talking to Cindy shortly. She has in her metropolitan area the commanders of Washington. And I always wonder, does a coach have to be a miracle worker when a new ownership group comes in? This is Josh Harris, generally considered a sensible guy, but I think the fans are restless, the stadium's crappy. There's Daniel Snyder ended up selling that place for a fortune, but boy, did he run it down. And I think there's a real issue. Is it going to affect him? It very possibly could. And I'm not saying it's going to, but it could. And uh, so, interesting question. And we'll find out, hopefully, uh, what the thought is. And I just think that Washington's a decent. We've been talking about a few things here, and I do think there's going to be a bloodletting in terms of coaches. I don't think it'll be too long. Um, I don't think it's justified that Robert Saleh is apparently on that list of coaches on the hot seat. I don't know what he could have done. And the one guy, Todd Bowles at Tampa Bay, they've probably overachieved. They may win that division. And, uh, you know, guys don't get fired when they win divisions in the NFL. Don't know that he will, 
But right now, they're playing pretty well, better than I ever thought they would. And Baker Mayfield has been better than I thought he would be. So there's a couple of things to look out for. Interesting stuff. And uh, we are still awaiting Cindy Bourne. We're hoping we're going to get to talk to her soon. And I uh, don't know exactly. Go ahead if you have something. 808-296-1420. I would love to hear what you think. What, what's, who is right now the best coach in the league? It would be hard for me to pick out anybody except Andy Reid at this point. That's sort of my, you know, and the, the closest competition would be Kyle Shanahan. That's just how I'm looking at this. It's uh, 20 minutes past the hour. If you have something, uh, go ahead, 296-1420. Uh, uh, and I, I listen, there's good coaches around. Even there's guys who get fired every year who are good coaches. It's just how it works. And I don't know that the, there wouldn't be uh, a situation in which you could be a crappy coach and get an NFL job. Although, you look at some of the records and some of the performances, and maybe it's just a perfect marriage between you know bad players and a coach that can't surmount, uh, surmount that problem. Now, that can well be it, because I'll give you an example. I thought the New York Giants were really saddled with poor coaching before Brian Dable got there. Just saying, Joe Judge was not up to the task. I don't know how, I mean, he'd never been anything except a special teams guy. And I think it showed. He just lost control of that group. A poor decision making. And so you see that thing, you see that kind of thing happen. But I've seen a lot of guys who I thought were pretty good coaches who end up uh, getting let go. And I just think the bottom line is in the league like this, you have to win, period. And if you don't, you're not going to get anything good happening for you. I don't, uh, I'm still trying to figure out the Cindy Bourne thing. We'll try to get that for you in just a second. And if, uh, if you have something, now's the time. Who's the best coach in the league? Um, I, you know, it's funny because I think the, the winningest coaches right now, I would say, you'd have to say Mahomes and Kyle Shanahan. Now, does that mean that they are the best? Not certain of that. I don't know if I would say that. Uh, but I think that most people would. That would sort of be the group that people want to go with. So, I, you know, I don't know exactly uh, if there's others that you might want to throw into the mix. Sometimes the young coaches, because I, I think Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia has done a terrific job. How could you, how could you say otherwise? 23 minutes past the hour. Uh, if you have something, 808-296-1420. Love to get a text on it. And, and do, when you see the coaches who are considered untouchable, I think Shanahan and Andy Reid are probably the two top ones. I think other guys, for example, Eric Bieniemy. how many times did this guy, has he interviewed for head coaching jobs, never gotten one? Now they have moved to the offensive coordinator of the commanders, is that a bit of a excuse? If that offense doesn't perform up to stuff, is that an excuse for Ron Rivera? Now, Rivera just seems to be a classy guy. He's, he's recovered from cancer. He's back. He's not an unreasonable person. Doesn't seem like a guy who's going to throw somebody under the bus. But who knows? 23 minutes past the hour. Let's, let's take a quick timeout. ESPN Honolulu and KHTV bring you the Timmy Chang Show tomorrow at 6 p.m. at Ruby Tuesday, Moana Lua with John Veneri and Coach Chang for an hour of UH football talk. Join us in person or check it out on the radio or ESPN 
Honolulu social media. Watch the encore performance the next day on KITV. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the program. And uh, I am looking forward to some of the college football games. But I agree with some of the pundits that I've been listening to who are saying they're not as good. It's hard to say that after last week because a couple of games, Oklahoma-Texas was sensational. You, you couldn't say otherwise. And, and I think that there were a number of good games last week. But there's, everybody's thinking it's going to get better when some of these teams are going to have to play you know, better and better teams. Like, for example, Michigan is at number three in the country, and they haven't won they haven't beaten anybody. Who did they beat? Penn State so far? That's it. They, they're not going to play a team ranked until late November. I think that's or mid-November. That's crazy. I mean, I just think that'll end when they get into their next conference deal. I mean, you know, when the next conference opens, when their conference opens up and they have to play all kinds of good people in the Big Ten. I just think this won't happen as much. But what will happen is there's going to be an incredible number of unhappy boosters and alumni because before they could load up with non-conference games against, you know, Charleston, Charleston Southern and, you know, Southern Utah and you name it, the other directional places. And... And so you'd get your wins, so you could say, even after just a mediocre season, you went eight and four. Pretty good. You're staying around with that. Now, those same teams, when they're playing all FCS, FBS teams, rather, are going to be, look, you're going to be looking at a lot of teams that go six and seven, five and eight. That's going to be commonplace. And that is not going to be good for coaches' longevity. So the ADs and the presidents might love the big conference money, but coaches, I can't imagine coaches are terribly in favor of this. You'd have to be, if you're Nick Saban or you're Kirby Smart, that's one thing. But a lot of people aren't that. So I just think that's going to be, it's going to be contentious, no question about it. And this is something I worry about. I'll just tell you right now. The NIL. The name, image, likeness thing, we're now, they're trying to tighten it down and tighten the window for the transfer portal and, college, you know, and men's college basketball and football. I just think that that's also going to lead to problems. Uh, even if you tighten it down, it's still going to be the same problem. Codifying it is not going to make it easier. So here's what I anticipate will happen. When you are a lower division FBS team, as Hawaii certainly would fit into that category right now. I mean, I think Hawaii at one point liked to think it was on the verge of being a major major. It probably was never true. But they did have a couple of good seasons. When you went to the Sugar Bowl, you could say, hey, what are we ranked? Number nine in the country? Pretty good. But that has not been repeated. And I think now with name, image, likeness, the transfer portal, it's less likely than ever to be repeated. And that's a fact. That's just a fact for anybody, not just Hawaii, but for anybody in Hawaii's position. I think Hawaii's challenge now will be to hold on to some of the really good players they have. That's going to be a challenge. And I'll give you an example of one right off the back. Uh, Pafeli Ashlock. I, somebody is coming after him with a pocket full of cash. Now, 
he may decide he loves it here and he likes his, the brotherhood and he wants to stay, but, but that might not happen. We got John on the line. Hey, John. Hey, I'm just calling about the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. Uh, boy, the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, you know, me being a Cubs fan, the Diamondbacks are the main reason the Cubs aren't even in the playoffs. Uh, they came off of that thing where they swept the Giants at home and then they lost to the Diamondbacks something like six out of eight games like down the stretch. Yeah. And uh, they went through the Brewers. Now they're going through the Dodgers. And I got a friend that's a big uh, big Atlanta Braves fan. I said, if you guys, you better watch out if you see them in the next round. Because the way I describe those guys, it's like playing the Cincinnati Reds with better pitching. That's and, uh, you know, so um, it's, uh, it's just scary when you're watching them play when you're rooting for the opposing team. That's all I got to say. Oh, I hear you. It's uh... – Right now, I think Arizona – think of how Arizona played at the end of the regular season. They were terrible. It was four out of five. And, uh, and then suddenly the playoffs start, and they're the giant killers. So, anyway, they, you know, they just whipped Milwaukee. That wasn't close, two games. And now they're doing the same thing to the Dodgers. Right. Well, so, they, uh, all I got to say is the Cubs would be in the playoffs if it wasn't for them. They're the main reason why the Cubs are sitting at home right now. But, anyway uh, – yeah, there's something, but, uh, yeah, watch out. Oh, but anyway, have a great day, Bobby. Oh, oh good, John. It's, uh, it's 34 minutes past the hour if you have something. Uh, we're going to talk a little Major League Baseball in our final segment today and uh, because I just think some of the performances. Did you see the final play in that Atlanta-Philadelphia game? No one's putting terrible heat right now on, uh, on Bryce Harper, but I just got to think. Overrunning second base the way he did, so he had to come back and around, and he got doubled off after that great play by Harris in the outfield. But that's a that's a base running error. I don't know how you look at it any other way. You gotta wait, and he would have been safely back at first, and he would have given uh, the Phillies another chance at it. That's just how I see it, and that you can't say anything other than when they asked the coach about it, he really. Avoided, wow, it was a fantastic play, and yeah, you should stop before the base. Well, he didn't. What's up with that? No one wants to criticize the superstar, but I think the superstar, if he was like a bench guy that happened to get in and had made that mistake, they'd be all over him. It'd be crazy. Anyway, so I thought that one, well, it was a, don't get me wrong, it was an unbelievable catch, really handled well uh, by the defense there, Atlanta's defense, but... It should never have happened. Just as simple as that. It's 36 minutes past the hour. If you have, uh, if you want to get onto something, uh, go ahead. Uh, we can uh, jump into that if you want to get. If anybody is really affected by the Major League Baseball playoffs, I, I have to say, I'm kind of checking up with it now that it's the playoffs. But the baseball season didn't excite me, probably because of the miserable failure of the New York teams. Uh, that probably did me in on that and, uh, and just took away that what I usually have is a great deal of interest in at least one of those teams. Didn't get that chance this year. Now you're just looking to see, well, one of the managers got fired. Will they make it a, a sweep? I don't think so. I think Aaron Boone is, is around to stay. But uh, it doesn't look, uh, it didn't look good. And I don't know if, uh, if the Mets fired coach is going to get another chance. He might. 
Buck Showalter might get another chance. Go ahead if you uh, if you want to jump in here. 36 minutes past 6 o'clock. I'm going to spend some time today figuring out what happened to uh, Cindy Bourne. Now, we got the number that I talked to her on, and it's some other guy. It's some guy. So if she's changed her number and not informed me, made it very tough to get in today. So 208-296-1420 is the number. And uh, we're going to have some good stuff coming up for you very shortly. And uh, I am looking at one of the things that we're, uh, we're going to be uh, pushing uh, later today. You'll hear a name that I think you're going to hear more from. And uh, this will be kind of fun. We, um, I, I do think you're going to see a bloodletting in the NFL, as I mentioned. I just, it's hard to predict exactly who it will be. I think Stefanski's probably in trouble. I don't disagree with that. And I think Belichick's going. Is that, is that really presumptuous to think that that could happen? That Bill Belichick could be out of a job? I, I heard someone say on one of the national shows, if, uh, if the Patriots do something with Belichick, half the teams in the league will be trying to sign him. I don't know how much longer he wants to do this. He's 70. I mean, if I, this is a high-stress occupation. If he decided he was going to step down from this, I wouldn't blame him at all. I don't think it's going to affect, at this point at least, I don't think this will have affected his legacy much. I think he's pretty good, and I think he'll be regarded as pretty good even if he does leave now. I don't think these last two seasons will outweigh six Super Bowl championships in nine years. I mean, I just think that's not likely to happen. But I don't think it's a forever job. I do think this will come a point, and maybe as soon as the end of this year. They'll never do anything, you know, that's sort of unpleasant, like let him go in the middle of a season or with a couple of games left. That won't happen. They um, Go ahead uh, if you want. You can got a chance to get in. Anybody really impressing you in Major League Baseball? I think some of these pitchers on Arizona have done a job. And what happened to Miller yesterday? I mean, it was Kershaw in the first game, and Miller blows his cork yesterday. The dodging, Dodger pitching has not been what it should be, the starting pitching anyway. I think they're probably not in too bad of a shape in, uh, in the bullpen, but, boy, the starters have been really woeful. That may have been the worst single performance by... Uh, by Clayton Kershaw that I've ever seen in the opener of this series. We got Don on the line. What's up, Don? Hey, Bobby. Can you hear me? Yes, I do. Yes. Oh, anyway, anyway, uh, the game I'm looking at this uh, coming Sunday is the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars against uh, the Colts. You know, uh, uh, Jaguars did a great job with Buffalo. The two Josh Hamlins, you know, it's just a fantastic game. But uh, what is your prediction on that game with the Colts and the Jaguars and and this other game would be the college game, always USC against Notre Dame. That's, uh, that's Boy, a that game, game that up. game seems so fascinating a couple of weeks ago, and not so much now with the recent uh, SC's had to come back against Arizona, Notre Dame, uh, with a bad loss to Louisville. I, I mean, Louisville's a pretty good team, but still, I don't think anybody really thought the Irish were in serious danger of losing that game. And they did. So that's not... I'm gonna I'm gonna take USC in that one. I've just seen oh. I've seen too much fickle play now by the on the behalf of Notre Dame that I'm not trusting them anymore. And I just think okay. I think Caleb Williams is a handful. I think he's the best quarterback in the country. 
But thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it. Oh, Colts, Colts and uh, Jaguars? Oh, yeah. Well, if this was being played in London, I'd take the Jaguars. But otherwise, I'm going with the Colts. Okay, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, we've got time, I think, for another call or two or a text, if you like. And uh, go ahead, because it's the same number, 808-296-1420. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious. The college uh, coaching world... And I think that has been raised a little bit, too, by Deion Sanders. I'll say this for Deion Sanders. Even when they have lost a couple of games, he hasn't really blamed anyone. He has said a couple of times that they need seven or eight more players to compete, complete his uh, vision for the kind of team he wants. But you know there's going to be good players coming in there. I just think he's probably turning into one of the great recruiters, especially of black athletes in the entire country. But I just think he's caught up with some of the bigger schools. Now, I don't know what his budget is and how much money he's going to be allowed to throw around in NIL. But if it's a considerable number, expect him to continue to get great athletes. And I don't know, I heard a guy say this again. It's one of my favorites, even though it's kind of old. But he said, it ain't the X's and the O's, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And I think there's something to that. You, got, you can't win in high-level college football without the players. Like, we've seen that over the last few years. I'll tell you another guy who I think uh, could eventually be uh, in some trouble. I don't know how long the Carolina Panthers can go winless and keep their coach around. I, I'm just saying. Now, maybe he'll be around forever, but I'm not a first-year guy, so he probably gets a little bit of a pass, but I, I'm not really saying that. I, I don't see that that's going to be turning into a successful uh, program anytime soon. I mean, Bryce Young, yeah, good player, no question. But, uh, but he's really small, and he's going to be taking a lot of hits. And, uh, you know, who, is that going to last forever? Who knows? I mean, that's a tough one to predict. It's uh, coming up on uh, a quarter to the hour, and so we're going to take a quick timeout. First, I want to remind you, as... Uh, you can watch Cole Malhoff as he sits down with Punahou Pals, uh, Georgetown linebacker Giancarlo Rufo and UH quarterback John Chiavi Sangapolutele. With grinds from Yama Fish Market, it's the latest episode of Athletes, Athletes I guess it is, on our YouTube channel. Or ESPNHonolulu.com, brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran with Liz Stacy in, in the studios high above our, our perch downtown. I want to get to a question from a caller. So, Bobby, who are the leading Rookie of the Year candidates? for the NFL, in your opinion? Wow, that's a tough one. But I think I'm going to go with uh, Nakua from the Rams, the receiver. I think that guy is just having a spectacular uh, game. Now, that's on. do you want the defensive player also? Is that what you need? Sure. Well, I don't. Defensive rookie is really a hard one to, to say. I'm not really sure who to go with on that. Um, there's uh, several players that have played well, but... Has anybody been spectacular? Not like Nakua, certainly, because he's been fabulous. I mean, I, to me, he's probably a runaway 
for the rookie of the year on, on the offensive side in the NFL. But I, I don't know who would get the defensive rookie of the year. I'd have to think that over. One more. Okay. Uh, what do you have to say about the Raiders' win over the Packers? I just think Jordan Love is what I always thought he was, which is he threw a couple, what, th- how many interceptions yesterday? A couple, and I think another fumble, was it? So he wasn't very good. I didn't watch much of that game. I had the baseball game on instead because that just wasn't that interesting to me. I don't think either one of those teams are playoff teams. That's just my sense of it. So I think Jordan Love is I, – I would always tell people before the draft his year, I said, you've got to go look. Look on YouTube and watch the Utah State Air Force game. He looked like a guy that would get cut from a peewee team. He was awful. Now, granted, anybody can have a bad game, but that was a spectacularly bad game. And even though the Packers say, yeah, he's our guy, I, don't, I wonder how long that's going to be the case. I don't think forever. That's just my take on it. It's 50 minutes past 6 o'clock. You got something? Go ahead. Fire it up. You have a candidate for NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. Tell me who it is. I'm, I'm probably overlooking somebody. But I, I, offhand, I haven't seen anybody that I've just thought, yes, it's you. Uh, maybe that guy's out there, but I haven't seen that. Whereas Nakua, you could say, yeah, he's been pretty spectacular. I would say the Rams haven't really had to miss Cooper Cup much just because of how good this kid has been. I mean, amazing. You don't really see rookies typically at receiver. It usually takes a couple of years in the NFL. Not him. I ain't taking him any time at all. And uh, go so go ahead if you have something you want to offer up the defensive your vote for the defensive rookie of the year, uh, go ahead and give it to us. And uh, Gary Dixon has walked into the studio, and he's getting ready for his program with Chris Hart. The Sports Animals will be up next. And I do want to mention some of the other things that happened in baseball because I don't know what's the biggest upset. I would say right now it was I, I might have been. I might have gone a different way. I might have gone with the Phillies. But right now, I don't think there's any doubt that it's the Arizona Diamondbacks who are up 2-0. Need one more win to send the Dodgers home for the winner. I think that's amazing. I don't think anybody saw that coming. But especially after the way the Diamondbacks ended the regular season. They were horrible. Uh, but they got, they got good in a hurry, and they're getting great pitching. So that, that's always part of what it's about. And now the other series... I don't know why this doesn't surprise me much, but we're seeing, and uh, it's going to be played today, we're going to see the, uh, the Orioles uh, matched up against the Texas Rangers, and I don't know if I think that they have a great chance. I'm just saying. I'm not sure of that one at all. Um, I, th- I could easily see that one uh, uh, going to, in a sweep. To the Rangers, they're up 2-0 already. They win another one, that thing's over. So will that be an impactful game? I'll tell you what, when you're down 2-0, and it's really tough to come back in a best of five. You know, you got to win three in a row against a team that's in the playoffs, and they're in the playoffs for, for a reason. That's sort of how I'm seeing it. It's uh, 53 minutes past. If you have an outstanding player for Major League Baseball, you let us know about it. Hey, I want to mention this just briefly because... I did notice today that uh, I was at UH practice, basketball practice yesterday for a bit, and uh, the fact that they've signed a couple of guards, and they're going to need the guards because they're going to lose three of them at the end of this year. 
So, I mean, you're going to have three good ones are going to be gone. Juan Munoz, Noel Coleman, uh, Javon McClanahan, they'll be all moving on after this year. So I thought that was a priority, and they've gotten a couple of guys who sound like they could be pretty good, including a former Iolani player. These are all commitments at this point. And that's why the coaches can't come on and talk about them quite yet. But I think uh, that'll be soon That'll be soon on the agenda. And, uh, and another reminder, of course, if you're aware of things going on with the UH basketball, the, the tip-off banquet is going to be on the 19th. That's next week, uh, Thursday. And then on Friday, the 20th, it's going to be the game, a charity game, and I think it's going to do very well, charity game against uh, the St. Mary's for the Rainbow Warriors. That'll be fun, and they're going to go into a, a situation where, you know, it's a top 25 team. As Iran said, not many teams are going up against top 25 teams this time of year. But Randy Bennett is one of Iran Gannat's two mentors. He really does have two because it's, it's Riley Wallace is one of them, and the other is Randy Bennett. And Randy Bennett agreed... Uh, to come over and play this. I didn't. I hadn't even realized that the Diamond Head Classic has been canceled for this year. Now, they're going to be playing the Maui Invitational here in the San Sheriff Center, but not the, uh, not the other tournament, which is, that came as news to me. I wasn't aware that that decision had been made. But it has been, and that's going to be a tough one for fans who used to, you know, really jam up their Christmas holiday with a lot of good basketball. And in, in a good year, Christmas Eve would be reserved for the Rainbow Warrior football team. They'd have to really get on their horse to make that happen this year. And uh, so 55 minutes passed. We've got another minute or so before we turn this over to the sports animals. Um, I just think the one thing that Iran has been very consistent on, he has, he's proven to be a better recruiter than people thought, and he's recruiting character guys and good team guys. And that's been critical. No, are you getting... Are you getting, like, the, the kind of kids that go to North Carolina? You might get them on the rebound, but you're not getting them initially. There's, there's no way a school like Hawaii is going to be able to compete with the big NIL money. That's not happening. And everybody better get used to that because that's the way it is at all of the smaller, you know, the so-called uh, FBS-type team, FCS-type teams. And they might not call it that anymore in college, in college basketball, but I'm telling you, that's what it is. And when you can get a kid that gets handed $100,000 out of high school, I'm going to tell you that is very, very tough to compete with. And I'm not sure how that's always going to go. I just think you're going to, unless you have a special connection or you can get that person as a transfer, that's really the way it's going to go. And I don't think anybody in college basketball has really doubted, has any doubt, sense of doubt about that at all. I think that's really going to be the thing that happens. Anyway, it's uh, we're glad we had a, a chance to talk with you. We will get Cindy Bourne on from the Washington Post to decide about Ron Rivera. But for now, we're going to bid you aloha for uh, for Liz Stacy and everybody here at ESPN Honolulu. Sports Animals up next. I'm Bobby Curran. Aloha.